From the home offices of Ash and Flow, this is Unbillable Hours, a podcast about professional services marketing. Stick around and listen to our insights, tips, and best practices to improve your firm's marketing and even your career. So, um, welcome everybody to this most recent episode of the Unbill Bars podcast, which is actually, or which will be a, a rebroadcast of one of our previous episodes from the first season, where Ash and I discussed stakeholder management. We, we wanted to bring this back because, A, it's been on top of our minds for a variety of reasons very recently, and B, we're taking a super short break, essentially just for this Friday, so we haven't haven't recorded anything new but we hope you'll find some value in this and i'd say um let's get into it shall we so ash <laughs> we said we would like to spend some time talking about stakeholder management which which you have told me and i agree based on experience is, is not something marketers and consulting firms tend to do super well big picture from from what we've seen so yeah, what, what's what's your take there <laughs> what makes you jump to that conclusion <laughs> well let's just think about like stakeholder management as in when you want to talk to a class you need to talk to the key people in the class hmm. who actually the others listen to or at least respect or obey or whatever hmm. It's the same thing in any large thing, any large group. Whoever is the key point of influence. Yeah, I mean, just look at influence in marketing. What we do is we just find these micro influences who can talk to like mm. thousands of people and do that. Now in companies, it's a little easier on that level because we pretty much position people into mm. these roles. Great. But, but, hold on, hold on, but that's, yeah. that's, that's where consultancies are different, right? Because it's not that strict line, you're the boss of me, the SVP tells the VP what to do. It's not that. It's very much more matrix. It's very, I would say, democratic. It even lots, yeah. lots of partners, lots of cooks in the kitchen. So, yeah, I. that's why I always think the importance of good stakeholders is actually elevated. You should think it is. that is super yeah. critical. Okay. But in as that- we've seen... <laughs> I mean, in that case, it, it, it lends itself to a cooking example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the same with the classroom, yeah. like lots of people in the classroom. Yeah, yeah I get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but a cooking example where you need the sous chef, you need the head chef, and you need all the other all the people there to know what everyone's doing, to know when they get the ingredients, to know their specific roles. Otherwise, it's just going to be one of those you know kitchen nightmares kind of episode, which yeah. is not what we want. What you want with good stakeholder management is, first of all, understand what you are trying to do. What's your strategy? What Mm. are you trying to achieve and everything? And it shouldn't be some hugely complex thing. It should just be something like it should be something that you can define in a sentence or in a single question. Yeah. Once you've got that, then you can like identify who are the people you need to convey all these messages and stuff. publish yeah, this yeah. year's big piece of thought leadership for x industry right that's yeah. that sort of thing so it could be a project like that fairly simple yeah or a yeah. seemingly simple as we know <laughs> stuff can get it's simple to talk about <laughs> yeah it's easy to talk about yeah but yes once we get all these key stakeholders understood 
that's where we start. That's the point where you're like, oh, all right, we now know who these people are. We now know who, I mean, what they need to know, when they need to know, how they get. Yeah, we get. We have plenty of project managers in consulting organizations. We have plenty of PMOs. They're needed, but without good stakeholder management, just like you were saying earlier. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, I let you say that. Yeah, so but, but but I mean, so what you're saying is okay. Create clarity around what the objective is. Always a good idea, right? And then, but from that, sort of determine, given that that's what we're trying to do, right? Who needs to know about it, and who who might be able to, I don't know, influence it positively, or negatively. Sort of sort of just map. I mean, I guess people can find lots of stuff online around how do I do stakeholder mapping or how do I group people by I don't know interest, influence, whatever. There's various methods, but the idea is get that map down. So that you that is something you can hand off to a, a PMO, maybe together with with a plan for how to engage those people over the over the lengths of time, over the course of time, right? But before we started, you said something about that that is actually so being able to do that, you said was actually a critical communication skill, right? In, in marketing. Yes. Can you can you yeah. can you riff on that? Because I thought All it was right. good. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> stakeholder mapping is always a communication skill because you need to know whom to talk to, what mm. to talk to, why, yeah. and when. Essentially, I know I went to four points, but there are the three C's of comms. And stakeholder planning is really essential to get these three C's right. Yeah. And as a marketer, you're not, you don't sit in a function being like, here's marketing, here's communications. Almost everywhere, it's marketing and communications. If you don't understand your sibling, your twin, mm you're not really going to do your job that well. You yeah. really need to understand why you need to communicate, what you need to communicate, and who you need to communicate. And it needs to be effective. And this happens mm. when you have good stakeholder management. A really easy way to understand an organization that doesn't have good stakeholder management, their internal comms is a mess. Oh, <laughs> right, okay. Okay. Well, I mean, if you're I'm... interested, yeah. I mean, I, I, I will, I'll admit that, I mean, I've, I've been bad at this a couple of times. Because, I mean, you learn over time, but I've certainly messed up that, that bit, the stakeholder mentioned part over time. So I would say that also some, I think you, you were on the macro level with internal comms. I think if I speak to the project level, like how could you tell my stakeholder management was off? Probably key, key influence is not involved or sort of only sporadically involved, which gets you naughty surprises. If you create the piece of thought leadership in that industry and I involve a bunch of SMEs, but I don't involve that partner over there who might have an opinion as well and want to speak to it. So I loosely know that, but I don't include him. And then of course, Mm -hmm. right, at the end of the project, he'll come back around and yell around why he wasn't involved. So this type of stuff. I've also erred on the side of over-communicating, sort of spamming people who were just loosely interested, sending them sort of weekly status updates until someone eventually wrote back said, please send me off that email chain. You know, I don't, I really don't know <laughs> what I think of, I think the wording was, I don't see how I'm adding value here. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, so and not having that, that, that clarity leads to all kinds of downstream yeah, yeah, errors. No. And, but speaking of my own mistakes, I think one of the things, and I, that's why I like when you mentioned it as a skill, thinking of it as some, as a, something you have to have and you have to sort of employ and deploy. That's also something I didn't do earlier in my career. Like I was not carving out time in a project to do that stuff. And depending on project complexity might be that you have to give a Friday away, like in your five day week, reserve the Friday to do, you know, do the politics game and involve the influences and make sure, you know, the trains are on the time, that sort of stuff. 
I don't know I how, mean, you, how you see that. Here's some, here's some insight. Like since you're talking about past lives, past lives, right? When I first did stakeholder management and things like that, we just did it like we had to do it. But I joined somewhere, not naming names, where initially, before you start out in, on any strategy, before you start to roll things out, mm -hmm. as you start working on the project, you start with your stakeholder management and in a meeting. So imagine you've got like a big initiative. It's multi-stage, multi-led and all of that. The first thing you do is you ask the key question of what you're trying to initiate, yeah. and then you map all the stakeholders Who needs, yeah. in a 30 to 45 minute session. And this was done before everything. Of course, and, later steps yeah. in that would involve other, you know, you know, you might need to do other bits of stakeholder planning for like, you know, say doing the comms or marketing or doing like mm. the financial planning or various other things. But this first thing, yeah, that was key. And that was always run as a 30 to 45 minute meeting with the key person who was running the project. And that's not the project manager, that's the yeah. owner. And that's something and, that needs. Yeah, go oh, on, that's go. the project owner, because I was going to ask, because well, what interests me here is now, if yeah. you speak about marketing folks in consulting firms, do you have a tip? Like, how should they do this? Do I take the responsibility and ownership for my stakeholder map list, whatever? Like, do I say, well, let marketing handle this. We figured out here's the list. I sign it off. And then I run into trouble later on because I, again, forgot about this MD over there. Or do you say like your, for lack of a better word, your internal client? Like whoever you do this project for, like the practice or whatever, do they have to give this to you? And then I guess the option in the middle would be you you draw it up jointly and then everybody signs and says, we think this is cool. So, because you know how it is. Then there is a certain element of blame game. So and also responsibility for the thing should be clear. So how do you how do you typically handle this? Do you have a best practice to share? So like, I, I do, but I definitely have a question to ask you before that. Yeah. Like you worked in communications, right? Yeah. And when you worked in communications, what did they see you as? Or what were you expected to be seen as? Do, uh, do you mean from the from the business side? Well, yeah, business side or when you get hired or anything like that. What is essentially, you know, you'd know this because it's something we don't think about once you get into marketing. Because as soon as you get into marketing, you're basically treated as this one man machine yeah one woman machine to do everything well the, the in the communications role i think the the job was to was very much sort of messaging related and 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 how to how to communicate the thing we want to do to whatever the the, yeah. the audience is i don't know if that's what your question asked my, my question was well well more like i think you're touching on it but the thing is they hire you to basically be the advisor to someone in the business that is yes. true yeah it was our job to sort of help them as the cliche goes tell the truth in, in a way that gets yeah, yeah, through exactly. the clutter, right yeah we uh, as comms professionals we were never the people who owned anything but we were the ministers to these kings and queens that's that is some that's true to some extent although i would say i've, I've seen the opposite also like where you are expected as someone who works in the marketing or comms function you are expected to help people navigate the corporate approval and compliance and nonsense processes. Yes. Now, this might not be true in, in, in smaller firms, but if the place is reasonably big enough, I would say that people look at you and say, maybe implicitly, because like we said, it's, it was rare for me to get that level of professional stakeholder management. Mm -hmm. Embarrassingly late in my career, I started doing that. So, But the implicit expectation would be, oh, 
this guy's in comms. He he knows you know how to get approvals from legal or who in brand needs to see this. That was always implicitly there, but because it wasn't explicit, I also did often did a crappy job at it just because it wasn't clear. Because I often sat on the other side and was like, oh my goodness, these senior managing directors are handing this to me. They must know how this is, and they didn't, right? Because they didn't. Yeah, but, but that's the thing. Like the expectation is that. Well, the expectation in some organizations I worked was that they'll put a comms person besides every leader. The comms person is also skilled at marketing. Mm. And this comms person is their guide through the organization, like yeah. you were saying, their advisor who helps get their messaging across and everything. So this comms person was their key thing. Now, in large organizations, nameless ones, marketing and comms are you know, like combined. And marketing people That's often most do. Case, yeah. Yeah, and marketing people often do communications, but they don't seem to remember these things that they've done from their time, however brief it might yeah, be. Or, well, they yeah, just they just exceptions, but yeah, I don't I don't know if they don't remember. They just don't apply it internally, which is yeah. which is wild, right? Because if if you have a project internally, it's very much like you have a product and want to take it to market. You gotta. Yeah, yeah, communicate exactly. around it properly exactly. yeah. um, for it for it to be successful or widely successful yeah. if you don't do it maybe even fail or run into a, a thousand obstacles yeah. which then give you headaches but i wanted to hear your your best practice in terms of like you you spoke about like stay a little bit in yeah. your story you did the meeting like what was the yeah. outcome did, did everybody sign that thing and say this is so, now fine yeah. so the 45 uh, once you have these 30 minute 45 Minute meetings, whatever length, you mm. basically identify all the key stakeholders. You get you get to know what level of responsibility they have for the project. Mm. And sometimes someone in that meeting, you'll find that <laughs> they're not really that important, but they still need to know. So you yeah. do the whole thing. Like everyone in marketing knows to do races and stuff. And similarly, you basically mm. just plan around all of this and then you identify who really needs to be here and who doesn't and get everyone going from there. So yeah. people do sign from, for the original charter, people do sign off all the other things that come after in between. Well, people who, if it's like a marketing led event or a comms led thing, or, a, you know, like I said, financial planning, those key people will sign off on it and they will own it and take it. But the owner of this activity should be the person who like who works with the project manager to deliver so, it so and and then in most scenarios i've seen firms all sizes what you said project owner that is sort of the sponsor that will be the, the the guy or girl in the practice who asks for the marketing project and the marketing team delivers it so in our in my fictional example from the beginning like the the, the practice leader who wants to push out that piece of thought leadership also owns the the stakeholder yeah, they own the stakeholder. They can delegate it to the marketing person to do. Yeah, all the communications the and so forth. But they yeah. they say this is the list. Mm -hmm. The pe the people who are on here, they need to be involved. People who are not on here, sorry, you know, <laughs> I'll I'll take it up with them if there's complaints. Yeah, and especially marketing and consulting firms, the guy, the owner, is often the person who knows enough about that project. There's a reason why they came, you know, for them to create that. The person in marketing it's less likely to really know why this exists. They just mm. kind of go through what needs to be done to get this successful, to get it to the market, to communicate yeah. it. But the owner needs to take ownership. And if not, we will have a situation in a matrixed organization 
Where <laughs> we've all been in those situations. <laughs> where people don't know what they don't know, and they don't speak to people who should be in the know, mm -hmm. and ultimately, yeah, I mean, we can get into, like, what is needed in a large organization, but on a basic project level, this still needs to be done. Just yeah, because you said. still get you still get nonsense. You get like, people finally being brought in at late stage. So that, that's always my major concern. It's like the worst thing that can happen is sort of a partner or MD or something like that comes in at the 11th hour because someone finally thought of involving them. And then of yeah. course they have changes to the project. So they have concerns about the go-to-market or whatever it is. At the, at the point in time where ch making changes is the most expensive because like 80% of the stuff is, is done. And I, can, I should tell you offline, I, I have seen a client do a major trade show once yeah. where one of the country sponsors came flew in the day before had never seen the booth design and he hated it <laughs> and so he yeah. so he forced them to take down banners and stuff which they did and they replaced them like it, it all got done yeah and he was happy afterwards but it probably cost like 10 interns complete nerves and a bazillion dollars i don't know but that stuff happens if you don't have the stakeholder management part down and i think yeah, it happens and... every day in these in these firms like i see a lot of it and... really no, completely correct. And here's the interesting thing. Consulting firms by default understand this on some level, which is the reason why they assign a marketing lead to a business lead. Yeah, which is per but, se a good thing. I agree. It's like an account yeah. management structure sort of, yeah. But, but once they've done that, that's it. It's it's like, hey, we've done the bare minimum, and now, hey, let's see how it plays yeah. out. Yeah, the org charts looks good. Let's see if it works. <laughs> and then there's yeah, no conversation I mean, between the various marketing leads, or there is some of it, but it's not structured in a way which is because that is really shouldn't be the case. But the number of projects where stuff was handled the way you described in your story, like the first thing that's done is the stakeholder management. I'm gonna say twenty percent of those I've seen across like everything i've ever done which is said yeah no i'm not surprised i've not seen much of that in lots of lots of companies and not just consulting firms, yeah. <laughs> some, some, but the companies that tend to do this well tend to market directly to consumers interesting yeah that's what i've noticed the companies that don't market to consumers don't seem to realize that the people who work in these companies are also a bit human and they're also a bit chaotic. Maybe that's part of it because because they're so used to selling to businesses, they forget the human element. It could be a thing. I don't interesting, know. interesting. That's interesting. I I would have a hypothesis about just general marketing maturity and and process and skill sets, maybe even between B two C and B two B, but. The, that's probably unfair to B2B marketers, I don't know. But yeah. anyways, maybe maybe we can get into some, my, we, you mentioned the stakeholder mapping exercise. I was wondering if you have some, if, if we could share some some tips and stuff as you go about then continuing to work with, with those stakeholders. Like we said, we could see this at the project level and maybe on a on a multi, sort of on, on a program or higher complexity level. But I think the, the recipes for doing it well, once you figure out whom to talk to us, roughly similar. Could you, would you agree? It is, but but you basically kind of opened a minefield there by literally differentiating between program and project. That's something that consulting firms actually need to get a handle on because a program is something that's really long-term and yeah. a project is something that's done in, you know, one of their quarterly cycles usually. 
Yeah. And in my um, mind, it's always program is like the one thing. Like it's the it's the event in Germany you do next week. That's a project. Above that sits the campaign. Like that event is probably part, hopefully, of a broader <laughs> go-to-market campaign. And then program is what I have been taught to call like a bundle of campaigns. Like you do 10 campaigns, they form a program and that probably runs for yeah. even longer than just a year. It might be that's a thing that those sometimes still exist. Even though everybody's that, doing one year strategies nowadays, which, yeah. No, no, that exactly is the point. Like when you're having a program, like you assign growth, growth agendas and priorities mm. and areas, those should be like, whenever you sit and say, this is our aim for like fiscal 25. Yeah. Now that, should be within a program and yeah, you should have multiple yeah. projects under it but the way things get lined up maybe on a business level there will be programs but those business level programs getting communicated to marketing there doesn't the communications happen. Again. yeah yeah it doesn't happen so maybe maybe the thing is what i had a conversation with you you know offline which is essentially large companies or companies of a certain size they need a strategic initiatives organization within marketing that does not report into marketing but reports into the business yeah and by as in the heads of the business because what strategic initiatives does is they are the orchestrator they speak to all the various groups and they understand this is what we need to yeah. talk about. This is what we need to yeah. do. Hey, this group is doing this project and you're doing this project. It's not, a, it's not a function of like campaigns. It's not a function of like content. This is a function of like, we need to report this to senior management. Yeah. They yeah. need to know what the organization is. So everyone else reports into this group, not, not like a direct report kind of thing. Everyone yeah. gives the information into this group who then feed it. And they have an overview of stuff that's going yeah. on and they can... And this, yeah. And this is a key thing, key marketing and comms function that needs to exist in large organizations, because while they may exist in some shape or form, it's more done on a need as need basis rather than a fixed full-time employee doing this consistently. Yeah. And, and people who do things on the side as side projects, don't give it the dedication and you lose things in the midst. Yeah, that's true. That's that's an issue. All right. So if I can sum that up, I mean, we both agree stakeholder management utterly critical. You gave the pro tip, which I've been following for the latter part of my career, and that that helped quite a bit. Is to actually just bloody start everything you do with that. <laughs> if there's a certain yeah. level of complexity to it, which in a consulting firm probably mm -hmm. there's always the case. But yeah, so. In that was good. I think we covered it. Do stakeholder management do it well? You know, figure out what you're gonna do. Build a map from there. It's not yeah. a one-time stakeholder map we use twenty times over. It's gotta be tailored to the project, and then figure out a comms plan to keep people involved, engaged, and, and up to date with the stuff you're doing. Right? Yeah. You'll be much better off. I think that's it. Do you wanna wrap up? I think you've closed it quite well, Flo. I don't. I don't that'll have. Be, that'll be enough for me then. So yeah. have a nice rest of the day, and then uh, see you soon. See you guys soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to Unbillable Hours. If you want more, tune in next week. You know where to find us.